All right. Hey, guys. What's up? Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Simply Sit and Bree. I'm Sid. And I am Bree. And this week we have a super special guest. We brag about her like all the time because we love her so much. Miss Bridget Black, the makeup artist who always has us looking just our absolute best. Everything. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> everything. She is. She is everything, guys. So this episode is going to be so dope because her energy is amazing. Y'all are gassing me up. Like, I'm blushing a little. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, like always, we're going to start our episode with a I Simply Did, where we tell you guys something we did for ourselves this week. Um, for me, I did a little retail therapy this weekend, went and bought me some shoes, and then got my nails done. Um, yeah, and that always makes me feel happy. What'd you do, Brie? I did a couple of things because last week was terrible in Texas. Um, so I did go to the nail shop, which I'm questioning my friendship with Sid. Been questioning it all week because she never told me that gray nails were everything. But we will get to that later on. <laughs> we're gonna have to unpack that on a different episode. How was um, that? <laughs> but the other thing that I did was I had a house cleaner. Yeah, that's signed a whole little contract with her. She will be here uh, regularly. She did her first deep clean, I believe, on Wednesday. She is coming the last Friday of the month. She is amazing, and I don't feel bad. I don't have no shame. I know. Recently, sent me a picture (laughs) of her house, and I was like, "Mm, "That floor is clean, clean." (laughs) Yeah, no shame. Woke up <laughs> yesterday morning and I was like, I don't got to put on no 90s R&B, mop no floors, vacuum no, it's done. And I don't have no shame. Oh, that's Come on and reclaim your time and yes. weekend. Yes. <laughs> what did you do, Bridget, this week for you? So, quiet as it's kept, I cannot dance at all. Like, I didn't get that gift. I'm so artistic and I can sing, but I could not dance. And I did this dance workout and missed every beat and had so much fun. Like, it was such a great workout. Could not hit one move. But afterwards, I was sweating and it still counts as cardio. So I felt blessed. And that was like for me. Like, nobody's in this living room. Nobody knows I can't dance except for me and the Lord. But this cardio came through and that was important. Right. That sounds super fun. It was. (laughs) So, like, why do you think you can't dance? Because I can't. You know how people can like watch YouTube videos and pick up the steps and it's not. You know how long it took me to learn the electric slide? Like everyone gets the electric slide and I'm like, wait, brain, turn off brain. Just let your feet do it. Your feet got it. Your your mind is thinking too much. Relax. Yeah. It's not cute. Yeah. <laughs> we feel it. We were talking last week with the TikToks. Um, we were trying to find something to post on the page, and we were like, "This ain't for us." Like, it's not. And then my daughter's always like hitting them 
the first time around and I'm like, wait, how'd you, how'd you do that? Show me again. Find an easy one. I can't do this one. Find <laughs> <laughs> I find myself doing like the old school ones, like the stuff that was out when I was like dancing and stuff. I'm like, no, play one of those songs because this move your booty like a kangaroo is not for me. It's not for me. Who can do this? No, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's not for us at all. But I think you could probably dance, Bridget, just. I can keep a beat. Like, I can keep a beat. I can stay on rhythm, but like, don't ask my feet to do nothing cute. They can't do it. <laughs> and don't, don't then try to add in arm movements. I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm going to sit down over mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like Sid was saying that some of the dances, like she was, I was like, I don't have enough booty for that dance. And she was like, well, my booty's too heavy. And I'm like, what is going on? That's how I feel. It moves too much. Mine's too heavy. Yes. So, yes. And I didn't even know it was a thing until my daughter was like, mom, hit this move. And I was like, wait, like, my booty Mine's don't delay in time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's too heavy. Mine's delayed five seconds and I can't hit the next one. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I didn't know it was a thing till last week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the perks of motherhood, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Well, thanks to Sid, she sent me this uh, Little Booties Matter song and been gassing me all week. <laughs> all week. I just been listening to it, just affirming myself and my little booty movement. <laughs> I'm going to start as a foundation. <laughs> That's funny. All right, Sid. So, so um, of course, we have to do our flower segment. But since Bridget's here and she knows all the dope people, she is going to shout out someone that is near and dear to her. So I'm going to go ahead and shout out the Hair and Image Studio. And that is where my salon is located. And the owner's name is Joy Munlin. And she is so much light. Like her name is the embodiment of her personality. She is joy. She is light. And she does a great job of connecting women um, all on a positive tip. She makes you feel good about you while not sacrificing who she is. She's just dope as a business owner and as a woman. And it's somebody you want to be in partnership with. It's somebody you want to know, somebody you want to be around. And I feel like it's rare in today's society to have somebody who embodies all those things where you're just like, I just want to be around you because you're dope. Like you're fantastic as a human to your core. So yes, uh, shouting out Joy Munlin of the Hair and Image Studio. Awesome. Well, if she is like, we definitely, definitely trust your judgment and you are amazing. So if she is anything like you and she is amazing too, we definitely know that. (laughs) She's great. (laughs) All right. Well, we will definitely go ahead and get into today's episode. Again, we have Bridget Black on here. She is amazing. If you are in um, Colorado, I won't even say the Denver metro area. If you are in Colorado, like Colorado Springs, um, Boulder, Longmont, Aspen. <laughs> Take that drive. Take that drive. Thank you. Um, if you. If you're in the U.S., if you are not, get you a passport and fly to Bridget. Like, I feel like getting your makeup done is one thing like anyone can do. Not anyone, but a lot of people are very talented with makeup. But mm-hmm. um, just to have like an experience, I say every time we come to you, it is an experience. 
Um, and it's just your space that you make for people is amazing. So go ahead and tell us all about you. So like I said, I'm Bridget Black. I have been a licensed esthetician and professional makeup artist here in Denver, Colorado since 2010. That's a long time. Yeah, since 2010. And I feel like I'm still a forever student. I'm constantly learning and evolving my craft and I love it. Like I love being an esthetician and taking care of skin, but also the ability to see somebody's features in a way that they don't see them and bring them forward. So it's this rare moment of transformative beauty. Like, oh, I see these things in you that you haven't seen because, you know, we look at ourselves with rose tinted glasses and I love being able to pull that forward for someone like you have amazing skin, you have beautiful eyes, you have these great features. Let me show you how I see you, but also make you feel good about you. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that. <laughs> I know the first time you did my makeup, I was like, oh, who's, who's she in the mirror over there? <laughs> Yes, and it is. It's a whole vibe. It's a whole transformation inside and out. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so. the best part of the job. It's not just me using brushes and makeup and, and doing things on your face. It's the interaction and the ability to pour back into somebody. So for me, it very much gets back into ministry. Like people sit in the chair and they get comfortable and they tell you their stuff and and I, I treasure the ability to hold the stuff or like for me, give it back to God because it's a faith thing for me specifically. But like having that moment where somebody can just be their authentic selves without any anything else. There's no like representative in the room. It's just them. And I love that people get in, they feel comfortable and then they leave feeling beautiful and light, I hope, Um that's, that's why I do this every time. Even in that small little room of mine that I love so much, it's how people leave that make the difference for me. I was just about to ask you, like, what made you, you said you've been doing this almost, or 11 years pretty much at this mm -hmm. point. Like, what made you decide to get into this or decide this was for you? It was a roundabout way, actually, because I grew up in a household where education was definitely promoted. It's like, go to school, get your degree, do all the things. So education was the ticket. And I think I had a negative perception of trade. Um, my mom was a hairstylist and she was also a nurse. So there was this idea that like, yes, you can have a trade but you should also go get a formal education. So I thought the only way to be successful in life is to have multiple degrees, do, do the traditional path. And so I fought against the artistic nature of myself um, and was like, yeah, I'll just go to school. I'll do this. And then I did it and I was like, this is not fulfilling for me. So I ended up leaving my four-year degree um, program and going to aesthetic school and fell in love immediately. Like, I always have loved makeup, but I fell in love with skincare when I decided to pursue aesthetics as you need an aesthetics license in Colorado to freelance and work for yourself. So being um, transitioning from formal to like informal, non-traditional education was hard for me because I had to let go of a narrative that I'd already written for myself. Um, but I'm glad I did. Like I adore what I do and would not take it back. Like I get to make my own schedule. Um, 
and I meet so many different people on a regular basis. Um, and I'm fulfilled more importantly, like I'm not sitting in a cubicle drowning in paperwork. I'm not saying it's not hard and the hustle ain't real. Like it is very real. And there, there are times when it's difficult and there are times when it's abundant, but I don't think I'd have it any other way because I never wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like going to work. I I I have days where I wake up like everyone does and it's like, I'm tired, but it's never a disdain or a dislike for like, oh, here we go, about to go back in this office. It's never that. It's like, I should probably drink some extra water today and have some extra vitamins because I'm tired, but I never get tired of my people. That's amazing. That is goals. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) like yeah real talk (laughs) what um so you said you went to esthetician school and how long did that take so the program I did was longer than the traditional one because you get an associate's degree with it so my program was a little over a year because you get an associate's degree and then they put you in an internship after you finish all of your modules so I'm thankful for that because I think they're I can't remember exactly how many modules it was, but it was definitely like a year and a half's worth of time to get everything finished. So you're immersed um, in the education. And I think I took so much from it because it's not just like one week you're studying something and then you're on to the next. It's like six to eight solid weeks of learning one thing. So you can practice, you can learn like, like book and then apply technique in lab. So it was beneficial. Nice. And what made you decide to go into business for yourself as opposed to just jumping into an already established business? So I did both. I um, was very nervous about starting my own business and quiet as a skeptic, or just truthfully, I got pushed out of the nest. So I'm very much um, a creature of habit and I like stability. So I'm like, I'll hustle for myself, but also work for someone else. So I have a safety net. And last year, um, prior to the pandemic, I got kicked out of my safety net for opening up my own business. So I had my um, LLC established a few years ago, but I still worked for another company. And I was like, I'm going to take my LLC uh, like Ford. It was Joy actually who put the, I call it the full court pressure on me. And she's like, move into this space. I got you. Like, I've worked with you. I know you can do this. I know you've never jumped before, but if you jump, I'm here. Like, I'm here as a teammate. I'm here as, like, I got you. And so I was like, okay, I'm a jump, but I'm still going to hold on to my nine to five, which was still in the aesthetic realm. Because I'm like, if I don't do anything, I'm a hustle. So if one thing don't work out, I still have the other. And the other company that I worked for was like, nah, peace. (laughs) And booted me out. And it was terrifying because it was the week before Denver shut the city down. So I lost my like constant money a week before the pandemic shut everything down. So I lost my regular job and they shut my business down for the eight weeks it was shut down. So that was very much like, oh my God, what have I done? Um, And it worked out in my favor. It really did because I had to, for me, lean on my faith, but also like, Bridget, you got this. Like people don't go to your nine to five because it's them. They go to see you. So your clients are your clients and they'll find you. And that's what happened because of the abrupt nature of my departure. All my clients freaked out and they're like, yo, where'd you go? Like, where are you? And they all followed me. Um, So when our shop got to reopen, 
they were all like book 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 and so it was it was an affirming blessing um truthfully and so i don't think i could ever work for anyone else at this point like just me i'll always want to collaborate with people and learn from others but like nah i'll just work for myself i appreciate my time that i spent in the nine to five world because it teaches you how to run a business and what to do with customers and what not to do and so i i soaked all that up like a sponge and i'm applying it um in the most wise way that i know that's okay. sad. yeah i'm like i got chills that's so crazy i would have i mean yeah i mean right or fight right um, so I yeah, know some questions. So of course, this episode is coming out in March. March is the month of women empowerment. So we definitely want to empower women. And I think you do that daily. Um, but also want to just give them like some tangible tips that they can use on a daily basis. Um, I know for Sid and I, I think we're both even in our 30s. Uh, still learning like our skin, what works, what we need to do, how often we need to do it. Do you have tips for like how someone maybe like myself with dry skin or like someone would say with oily skin, like what things can we put into practice every day? Uh, like to kind of get yeah. into a full routine. So one of the things that I would say that is not as tangible, but is very important is to like listen to what your body is telling you. Your skin is a reflection of what's going on inside your head and what's going on inside of your body. Um, so like listen to your body. So you have dry skin and obviously there are like external factors as well, like weather, things of that nature. But if your skin is feeling dry, that means it's needing something. It's needing moisture or it's needing oil. So there's like a lack of something occurring. So listen to it. Like I, my skin feels dry. I need to combat that dryness with moisture, whether it's a water-based moisture or an oil-based moisture, or I'm oily. It's overproducing. Why is it overproducing? What's going on? So really listening to your skin and listening to your body is very important. I think there's a lot of different opinions, voices, ads. You get so you're inundated with so much between social media and everyone's opinion that I think our own voice gets drowned out and nullified. And it's very important to like hone in on like, yo, self, what do we need? Why are we oily? What's it overproducing? What can I change? Um, so for oily skin, sometimes it's uh, an overproduction of oil because the skin is still dry. It's lacking something. It needs moisture. So it will overproduce oil to account for it. So it's overcompensating just as well as like dry skin is like, I can't find it anywhere. So I'm going to just close up. I'm going to close up these pores. We're not letting anything in and we're also not letting anything go. So both of those things are indicative of an imbalance and balancing the skin, just like balancing life is very important. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. I am today years old when I'm finding out this information. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's super helpful. <laughs> yeah. I'm so would you say would you say diet plays a part? Huge. Like people don't realize when you tend to break out along your cheeks, that's indicative of diet. Something's wrong in your diet and your body doesn't like it. 
Uh huh. And if you're breaking out on your forehead, it's usually stress. If you're breaking out on your jawline or your chin, that's hormones. So that's why you tend to get those weird bumps along your cycle. Or when life is particularly stressful, you get those cluster of bumps on your forehead. And if you've eaten too much sugar or dairy or things your body just doesn't like, your cheeks are like, hey, I'm about to just flare up on you real quick here. Wow. Yes. Yeah, your diet's a huge part in what your skin is doing. And if you're tired or stressed, one thing people don't know is that when you're stressed, when you're eating, your body doesn't break down food the way it needs to. So when it does break down food, the vital parts of your vital internal organs get those nutrients first because your eyes need to see, your mind needs to work, your heart needs to beat, your lungs need to pump air. So the last thing that gets nutrients is your hair, skin, and nails. So when you're stressed, those that's why your hair starts to thin, your nails get brittle, and your skin starts to look dull and sallow, if you will. So when things are balanced out on the inside of you, that's why there's like a radiant glow from within um, because everything's being nourished the way it needs to. Wow. I'm just over here like, keep talking because... (laughs) (laughs) And you're just evaluating your own skin, right? Like, oh, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it all makes Big sense. Um, Need to to check my diet. (laughs) Um, I know for me, it's it's my stress levels. My my job is stress. My and then I just tend to stress everything. So I'm like, I'm over here like my forehead. (laughs) Yeah, Um, stress is like terrible for the skin but it's hard because we're human you know it's very you know it's very easy to say oh no don't stress like i you know tell my girls that and tell my children who are acting up that like yeah i'll work on it but you know it's just a matter of balancing it out yeah gotcha so i was saying i know for myself um when i start to break out i i find myself in this like vicious cycle of like well I'm breaking out I just cover it up with makeup right <laughs> and then I'm like well I feel like I'm getting more breakouts because now I'm like just covering with make covering it with makeup and not dealing with it internally or the proper way so definitely makes sense mm-hmm. I remember last time we saw you you made a comment that um like you're not a makeup snob and you will use what works on people's skin or their face. Um, and I, I really thought that maybe the listeners could help or benefit from having that conversation. Um, because I remember like, especially when I was just like starting with makeup, didn't wear it all the time. And also like my income didn't look like it does today. I would go to like a Walgreens or Walmart or Target and get my makeup. And then it was just like, oh no, you need Sephora, you need Ulta, you need, and I felt kind of inferior in myself because I couldn't afford a $42 foundation. Like $7.99 was more my jam. Um, and so when you said that, I think it just really resonated with me. And I was wondering if you could elaborate more on that. Um, absolutely. So one of the things people don't know is L'Oreal owns some of those giant companies like NARS. So the same 
The same L'Oreal you get at Walmart owns luxury brands. It's a subsidy of it. So similar manufacturers, similar ingredients, similar products, different labels, different price points on said labels. And the reason I said I'm not a makeup snob because there are just certain things that are $4 that are spectacular in terms of quality. And I think that there's a variety of opinions on that, but that's my opinion as a makeup artist who's done it for over a decade, things that are tried and true. Does it work for your skin? Does it work for your budget? I definitely am not like get a $5 moisturizer if it breaks you out. No, don't do that. Use what works. So I will never frown at somebody because they're like, I got this Maybelline Fit Me foundation. Girl, does it work? Does it match your undertones? Does it break you out? Do you like the way it looks on your skin? If it's fitting for your life, then it's fitting. And if you would prefer that Chanel foundation because it fits your skin, it fits your colors, it was the only thing that works, then use that. Um, but I've never been into labels. Like, does it work? And is it good for you? So if it's good for you, then it really doesn't matter what anyone has to say about it. Period. Because there, I just... Yeah, it just doesn't matter because of my original point. Most of these luxury brands are owned by these brands we see in Walmart or Target or wherever. That makes sense. <laughs> it does. Is there, um, are there like basic guidelines that your everyday woman can go by to find their color? Because I feel like in the black community specifically, there's so many different shades, right? And I've heard a lot of women say like, oh, I have to mix and match and, and do this and that. But like, is there kind of like a basic guideline that we can, like a starting point maybe for those new so, to make Or is just Those new to make that. <laughs> yes. Um, so as to like not overcomplicate it. I can't say that there are hard and fast rules, but there are a couple of tips that I think is helpful. When you're trying to find a color that matches your face, they always tend to put it like on your neck or like lower jaw area to see if it matches. And the parameter, which is the outside of the face, is always darker than the center of the face. So you find a foundation that matches your neck and like um, jaw, and then it gets really dark in the center of your face. So... I think the easiest way is to find a color that both matches like the center of your face and the parameter of the outside. So try, like if you're trying on a foundation, even though I know we can't really do that in stores, try it down the center of the face and see how it oxidizes. See what happens when it meets the chemistry of your skin plus the air. If it gets too red, if it gets too orange, if it gets too dark, then that's probably not ideal because it's going to make your complexion look muddy. Same thing as if it's too light, then it'll make you look ashen. So you're going to want something that really just sits on the skin and looks like skin. If it melts in, that's ideal. Because what you can do is go around the parameter of the face with um, a bronzer, a powder or whatever to warm it up or darken it up or add dimension. So you want a foundation that matches 90% of your face and then you can create dimension with your bronzers or your contour or simple things without overcomplicating it. So that's my biggest thing. Like find something that matches as much as possible because the reality of the situation is people's faces are multiple colors. So mixing makes sense. But if that's above the scope of your skill, 90% match, if you can get to 90% and then bronze it up for the warmth and dimension for the face. 
Um, the word that you use, can you define that? I heard you use it when we were in our um, our session with you too. O- oxidize. What did you say? Oh, when like it oxidizes. So yes. that is like, so that um, is a foundation or something you put on your skin where immediately it looks beautiful, but like thirty minutes later it's orange or it's too dark or it's changed in tonality. So it's literally like a chemical reaction between like your skin's pH and the ingredients in the product itself um, and can make this the product change colors. So sometimes we'll get something and we'll, in the store, we're like, this is bomb, this is it. And like I said, it can change on you within a specific time frame where you get into certain light. So what you want to do is make sure you sit it in the center of the face and see how it oxidizes on you as, and which is just like, how does it settle in? What color does it change when you put it in the center of your face? And if it stays where it looks like your skin, that's what you want. If it gets dark as it dries down or oxidizes, that's not what you want. So it's the reaction of the makeup in your skin. Gotcha. I think uh, the next question would be for like the eyes. I remember, um, I think Sid was telling me that she read that if you don't know how to do eyeshadow, you should stick to like pick three colors and then um, like place them like puzzle pieces. pieces. (laughs) Is, Is there like a rule of thumb? Um, for like what colors or light colors that you should always put on your eyes or I know I know the industry is changing because um, it used to be just take it from lid to brow <laughs> one color what oh, a <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think that there are like so I yes the industry is ever like changing this. so they're going to tell you these colors are in right now and use this and do that and blend like this. So one of the things I always tell people that will never change is light colors push forward, dark colors pull back. If you put a light color next to a dark color, then the two of those things are going to juxtapose each other. It's going to make the dark look darker and the light look lighter. So always keep that in mind and you create dimension with shadow so if you want a part of your eye to pop you'll put a light color there if you want a part of your eye to recede or look smoky you'll put a dark color there smoky or dark colors also define really well um so no specific color tones because that is a a matter of personal opinion um and what you feel like looks good on you but just remembering what shades and hues do shades are darker colors mixed with black hues are lighter colors mixed with white and how those things interact on your skin like for me i can literally wear whatever color i want just because i can and other people will be like i would never wear blue eyeshadow whereas i'm like i'll put royal blue eyeshadow on whenever i feel like it um the other thing that really matters is blending. It doesn't matter what color you put on, blend that joint together, blend it. Because if it's just sitting on your eyes, it'll look crazy. But if you blend it and diffuse it, it, it always ends up looking very beautiful. Yeah, I know for me, like I'm okay with the neutral colors, right? But I am terrified to use your your blues and greens and those colors, though they're beautiful, I just, I'm, I don't know how to apply them. <laughs> right. So, I don't know if I should try it. So one of the things I think about, like, pops of color, um, sorry, I had a beep just then. One of the things I think about pops of color is start off with an eyeliner 
and then you can add um, eyeshadow if you will. So if you wanted to do a pop of color with eyeliner, you absolutely can. Um, that's a good way to introduce color to your makeup regimen. Okay. That's, I never thought about that. Yeah. So like maybe try like a dark blue eyeliner on your waterline or just a little bit along your lash line to see if you're comfortable with that color and then maybe integrate it into, um, into your shadows. So one, one like little bits at a time, like don't overwhelm yourself. That definitely makes sense. Like I said, um, I think what you said was just so powerful of like, it doesn't matter the color, just knowing like shades, um, because I think we just get trapped into like, I can't wear this color um, where it might not be necessarily about like blues, greens, yellows, reds, but how you're blending them and putting them together to make a look that makes you feel comfortable. Definitely. And I think one of the things you have to avoid is like we get inundated again with what social media is saying and in general. So we're like, we, I should be doing that. But really, you should do what looks best on you. Like, I know that I can wear bright yellow eyeshadow if I feel like it. What am I most comfortable in? Soft brown smokies. It just looks good on my eyes. Something I'm, I always love gold. Those are things that I love. Sometimes I get out of the box um, and try different bright things, and that's fine. But there's nothing wrong with honing in on a look that works for you on the day-to-day and then switching it up in terms of colors or styles, techniques um, as you go along. So is there a rule of thumb with like eyeshadows and lipsticks? No, because I have dark eyeshadow on right now and dark lipstick. Some people will say, if you're going to wear dark eyeshadow, then wear a nude lipstick. It depends on what you're going for. So I like vampy. So my lipstick is dark right now. My eyeshadow is also dark. Um, But if you're wanting a pop on your lips, it's whatever feature you want to push forward. So if you want a pop of red on your lips, then you can go softer on your eye. Um, Again, I will always go back to listening to yourself. Like, how do I want to look today? What am I feeling? Do I want people to look at my eyes and be like, ooh, yes? Or do I just want to make a statement with this bright lipstick? How, I, how do I feel about it? I think because we're in masks so much, we're doing a lot with our eyebrows. We're doing a lot with our eyes because we can't do as much with our lips. And... So going back to eyes, I've also heard like you're not supposed to match your eyeshadows with your outfit. And I'm very much a matchy, matchy girl. <laughs> so would you say it's it's personal preference or there is kind of a rule of thumb there? Personal preference. I don't like to match my eyeshadow to my ensembles. However, coordinating color tones. So I have on a burgundy dress right now and my eyeshadow is like, deep browns with like smoky like smoky black undertones but the color of the brown coordinates very much with the color of my dress so it's not matchy but it goes so I love the idea of something going and not matching like if you had on like an olive green shirt and you wanted to do forest green on your eye you could make that work and those two colors are very much green but they're not the same and yet they coordinate well together so it's very much personal preference but I love the idea of coordinating. Think of like a paint swatch when you go into Home Depot. They'll have like five colors on there. And sometimes those colors are all in the same family and sometimes they're not, but they all go together well. Those are the things that I think work, if that makes sense. So more like a color palette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. 
I did not know. And like, I know you talk to match your eyeshadow with your clothes. <laughs> I grew up in the 90s. I mean, <laughs> I'm a nude. Like, I, I tend to go with nude. Um, for me, personally, I've tried smoky eye a million times. And it always just looks like I get punched. So I just stay away from it. We'll have to try a smoky eye because <laughs> people equate a smoky to black. But you can do a brown smoky, you can do a purple smoky, you can do a smoky in any color. So we'll have to try a smoky within the realm of comfort for you and the tonality um, that matches. So you could do a chocolate smoky and do it soft with just a pop of light and it would be dope. It would be beautiful. I love like how it looks. I just, for me, I struggle with blending my darker colors. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I think I just kind of like add a little more, blend a little more, and then it just... I'm it's used to like, I let me wipe it off and go back to these nudes that I'm used to because I know how to manipulate those on my face. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm an amateur. That's why I come to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. It's what I'm here for. Yeah. And I know you, you told the people you've been doing this for over 10 years. What can you say or how can you say the makeup industry has changed over that 10 years? Like good, bad, whatever. How's it changed? So I will say that some of the change has been great. Some of the trends have been cool and they've stuck. Some of the other trends have been terrible and they were fleeting and went away, but it's ever changing. It's probably one of the most constant things about my industry and something I love. And it's very hard to, um, because just as soon as you nail one technique down, they're hitting you with a new one. So that makes you, if you, if you want to stay relevant, it's like you're, you have to be a forever student. You have to see what works um, and what doesn't work, but they're also very much classic timeless beauty looks that will never go away. Some of the things that are circling back now, I think have circled back time and time again. And that's just like soft, subtle, just a bit of emphasis where you can see it back in like the 20s. You see it hit again in the 40s. You see it hit again in the 90s. And now it's back again um, where the skin is beautiful. The eyes have just a little bit of something. It's not overly done, but it's just enough. So the makeup industry constantly changes. And I always caution people like, don't get overwhelmed it'll change again next week. Like there's no reason to overwhelm yourself. Figure out what's best for your face. I'm not going to advocate that somebody still tweezes their eyebrows into, you know, the little tadpole shape. Leave those alone. Leave that. There are certain trends that die. Let them die. Like leave your eyebrows alone. Just let them grow out of your face. It's going to be fine. I promise. Also don't draw them all the way in across your face. Like if your, your eyebrows don't grow in like Brooke Shields, leave them alone. Let them alone is what I'm going to say. Like, let them alone. <laughs> so find out what works for you and not to be overdone, but like just enough, if that makes any sense as well. No, my husband was just in the background like, you used to do that. You used to tease your eyebrows. <laughs> 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 I think um, probably like a month ago, Sid and I shared a picture because we looked at a picture of ourselves and we both had like the thin, like pencil thin eyebrows. And I was just like, you are a real friend to me and I wasn't a real friend to you. <laughs> like we were, we were, it worked during that time. Like we were on train. Eyebrows. Oh. Well, <laughs> I think what really made us think about it was the fact that we took a picture together that day. So I was like, if we took a picture, we thought we was cute. So what did we look like on a regular day? If we look this bad, 
in a picture and thought we was cute. Like, how were we looking on a regular day? But people probably <laughs> thought it was normal because that was like trending at the time. Just like now, huge eyebrows are trending. So people will see pictures in 30 years. And if it's not the trend, they'll be like, what was going on there? Or mm-hmm. like when people were filling their eyebrows in super duper duper dark and like super angular, like it was a trend. So those trends are ever changing. So we'll go back and see pictures um, and, and and maybe we'll hate them and maybe we'll love them. Um, I have a question for you. I noticed yeah. that when we come to you and I'll say for my face, cause I don't know what Sid feels like in her face, but in my face, I never feel like my makeup is heavy. Um, and I will admit that I do not want to wipe off your makeup when you do it, especially my brows. I'd be holding on, like I'd be wiping all around and holding on to my brows for like three days after I saw you. I love what it. do you do to make the makeup? Because I've had makeup before and I'm like, I cannot wait to get this off. Like I, it is suffocating me. I'm not even comfortable here at this nice dinner because my face feels gross. So my biggest thing, and I think it largely has to do with like where I live, which is here in Colorado. Um, Colorado tends to gravitate towards what I call granola crunchy, which can be natural almost to a fault. And so because people don't like anything that's not natural, quote unquote, what they prefer is like to see skin through makeup. So I try to ensure that if I'm putting foundation on you or whatever that is, it feels good on your face. It feels good on you. Um, And it's dry here. So I like to nourish the skin before I'm putting a bunch of stuff on it, which I think increases the longevity of the actual look itself. Um, And so that's what I do. I make sure that it feels comfortable on your skin and on your face. And I don't use too much. You don't need too much. Like it's, it's never overkill. It's always just enough. Well, I just want to add, this is, has nothing to do with anything, but I just wanted to add this little side note, which is a compliment to you, Bridget. The last time you did my makeup, <laughs> Bri and I were driving and we were at a stoplight and I like look over and this guy was staring in my face. It like scared me so much, but I was like, oh, it's, it's the makeup. But he was like, <laughs> not even looking at the road, just staring out his driver's side window and... I have to give you your props for that. She looks so good. I love it. I love it. Yeah, like I said, definitely. um, If you can get to Bridget, I would say book her, overbook her. She is amazing. Like I said, the first time that you did our face, I didn't know that I could look like that. I think Sid felt the exact same way. And just like being able to like get up and being like, I don't recognize this person. Um, I didn't know I could look like that, but I didn't feel cakey. Right. Like I still felt like myself. That's like my goal. I always tell like the ladies I work with, like, I want you to look like you, but better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just look better, but still you. If you don't recognize yourself, I haven't done my job. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, like I said, I definitely think even for us, like the empowerment part, like I believe like when I walked in, um, I, I like pointed out like all my trouble areas, right? So I was like, I have ratchet eyebrows, they don't do right for you. And you're like, oh no, I can, you know, work with these. It's just like working with them and like not trying to get them to do what they don't want to do. Like they're going to be what they are. So let's like build them accordingly. And then I was just like, wow, like I did not know that my eyebrows would do right. <laughs> I actually love your eyebrows. And I think that's one of the things that I love about my job as well, because people come in and they do, they point out all their flaws. They're like, I look this way. I don't like this. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not trying to hear that. Uh, all these things are beautiful and we'll work with them. I'm not transforming your face. And it's the opportunity to be like, your brows are actually beautiful because they feather up and out. I don't have to add a bunch of stuff to them because they grow in the perfect direction. Well, thank you so much. Like I said, you are, you're amazing. Please tell everyone where to find you, where to book you um, so they can follow you, book you weddings all the things all the girls nights i just want to learn wednesday right. <laughs> um they can find me at www.bridgetblack.com my instagram is black aesthetics and artistry um those are the two main places so if you go to my website you can book me on there if you go to my instagram you can book me on there and you can see all the examples of my work on both pages there is a plethora you can also go to google if you go to google and type in black makeup artist i come up because my last name is black or if you type in bridget black all my stuff comes up and you can see my work on there as well so I'm very easily accessible. Okay, and we will definitely be tagging her all week. Like I said, guys, the experience, I can't say enough about it. Like, she's my makeup artist forever. Oh, thank <laughs> you. I'm honored. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you again for coming on and telling the people Absolutely. your expertise. Um, I we appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Right. Well, thank you so much, Bridget, for your time today. No problem. You guys have a good rest of your week. You too. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, guys. We're out. Bye. Bye.